I'm wondering if I, I don't notice if I can hear it now. Yes, sir. I got called religious a couple times this past couple weeks by friends, by acquaintances. You know, what's up with the religious talk? Let's get something really straight. There's nothing religious about me. Far from it. We can't give them easy. Uh, they'll take advantage of it. We, we have to make it difficult in order for them to get it, in order for them to change, in order for them to build confidence. I got called religious a couple times this past couple weeks by friends, by acquaintances. You know, what's up with the religious talk? Let's get something really straight every minute. There's nothing religious about it.
All right, all right. What's up? What's up? So uh, it was a hot day today, Gordon. It was really, really hot. Do you like it out there in the heat? Huh? How about you, James? I love it. West Virginia boy likes it cold. He likes it cold. So uh, welcome, everybody. It's, uh, it's a beautiful day out there. And I'm, uh, I'm really pumped for our visitor tonight. Uh, but let me, let me just thank everybody that listens to this show. This is the Moto segment, the Friday Moto segment of this show. And uh, we, we talked to a guy that's either uh, amateur or pro motocross racer. Uh, and we talk about their journey from pain to purpose, their journey to the top. And tonight uh, we have Seth Hamaker, who is a uh, – he is just – this kid has just always been – an animal. And, and, and I know we, we say that about a lot of people, but this kid has worked his way to the top. And, um, man, I, I just love him. He's, uh, he's a, he's a really, really good kid. And I'm, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's fought through a lot of adversity, uh, pro circuit Kawasaki, you know, he's, uh, he's a ripper and, and he's going to do big, big things. And, and he came up like just out of nowhere and, and started killing it. And, um, I've, I've wanted, uh, I wanted Seth to come on the show for a while and we, and we got it hooked up. We got him into the schedule. So let's get him dialed up, man. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I, I hope everybody gets the point of this. You know what I mean? And, uh, there he is. There he is. There he is. You hearing me, brother? What's up, man? What's going What's on? Up? Can you hear me? Yeah. Where are you at right now, kid? At my apartment. <laughs> In Florida? Yeah. All right, all right. You're looking, you're looking healthy, bro. You're looking solid and healthy. Hey, like, we're good. We're good. Yeah, it's been a long, long time no see, though, man. Like all this yeah. stuff going on. I know. It's been. Uh, I was thinking about that too. It's been a while. So. Yeah. I but, don't think I've seen you in a year. Like it's. it's uh, yeah. I think the last time was um, High Point Regional last year around this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. in May. So yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah. So. I don't know. We, we don't like, I, I don't like to prep anybody yeah. to, to talk about. So the whole point of this show pain to purpose is exactly what the name is. You know, how did you get to like, I, everybody, there's a million racers out there, you know what I mean? And, and, and all of them, there's, everybody can go fast in their own way that the, at the pro ranks, but I love to, I, I started this thing because I want to, I want to, I want people to hear the, the, just the grind and the work to get to where, you've gotten to and yours is special to me it always has been dude I you know I um I, I'll just I'll just start it off dude I, and then I want you to go back to when you started riding but I remember MX 207 <laughs> right yeah. that was like the pivotal I was there you were there Coop was there you know we were like yeah. it was it was a lot like that was the weekend I just talked to guys like that that Alves video where he's his his bike is, is ripping off the face of that tabletop. You okay. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like yeah. a really, really big weekend for you. And, um, I remember you just totally destroying everybody. And I think the schoolboy class on a bone stock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. That was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember that smile after every moto coming over to see you and your dad and your, uh, yeah. your rig over there and your, in your factory setup back then, you know, <laughs> I know it came along. <laughs> yes, that, that was fun though. It was, it was good time. That's where it all started, you know? So dude, it was, it was great time. So tell me, so tell me when you started riding brother. Yeah. So, um, 
man, four years old, I was, you know, on a dirt bike and uh, just seeing my dad doing it and kind of just, you know, wanted a bike and it was all for fun at that time. And uh, I really fell in love with it and never really did. I think it was going to escalate to this level and um, really glad that um, all the stuff came out of it that did and definitely mm-hmm. just, you know, like I said, started from a young age. Yeah, you started racing right away or just riding? Yeah, so started riding, and then actually I started racing when I was four as well. I went to uh, Sleepy Hollow for my first race, like when they had that peewee track. <laughs> and it's actually a funny story. So I was on the gate first race, you know. I was on, I think, like KTM Mini Adventure or something, and there were like Cobras, you know, beside me, and those things are loud, and I was kind of scared. <laughs> and uh, the gate dropped. I didn't take off. I was just sitting there. <laughs> And my, dad, <laughs> and my dad was like, dude, you got to go or because the track like went across the start and I was like, you know, kind of nervous. And at the last second, this, the start guy who's dropping the gate, he was like, dude, you, if you're going to go, you got to go. And, that last <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of where it started. But that was a funny story. And that's how kind of the first race started. But Now that yeah. you can't stop that kid when he's out there now, it's, it's, a, it's nope. a totally yeah. different kid. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff, man. So yeah. you start racing, right? And, um, I, you know, you, you, you did the thing 50, 65 and no breaks in between, right? You just kept, you just kept going. Yeah. So kept going like 50s, 60s, just kind of kept going. Um, there was one year that, um, I played baseball. I'm like, my parents were like, all right, we're going to like, they kind of like made me try another sport. Cause it was like, they wanted to show me that this wasn't the only thing that was out there for me to do oh, and, yeah, right. uh, I was actually really good but like I was just like dude I'm over it like I, w- I just want to ride and uh yeah that's kind of you know that's when I I was still young at that point but that's what I knew I wanted to do and um but yeah from then on out just kind of moved up to 80s and uh, yeah. likes it from there but I remember like so so I didn't get to see you a lot on 50s and 65s. Did you did you have as much, you know, success on the 50s and 65s uh, as you did on the on the 85? No, nah, not really. I was um I had always been a good rider on those bikes, but nothing like spectacular or anything and mm-hmm. to be honest, we never really took it at a huge level at that point and mm-hmm. it was kind of just like the weekend stuff. We would I mean, we were going like every weekend local races and stuff and we would do Loretta's. That was like the only big national we would do every year. Like we wouldn't go to Daytona or, you know, back then it was Freestone and stuff like that. We would just do Loretta's and some, some years I wouldn't even really make it on the 65. I know there was a couple of years I didn't make it and um, a couple of years on the 85 as well. But, but yeah, it was kind of just like more for fun back then. And yeah, uh, it really kind of, once I got to 80s, I was like, all right, you know, I kind of got more mature and older, and I was like, all right, this is what I want to do. So, yeah. So you, so you got on that 85. I remember, I remember, you know, you, you, uh, running around with a couple families that were, were training at the track when I had the track, and, yeah. and you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd come around there, and, um, you were, you were always, to me, I, I remember, and that's when I met you when you were on 85. You, you were always serious about it, though. Like, were you always serious about it as a kid, or, or only once you started to know, like, hey, like, I can really win. Like, is that when it got like really serious? Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Like, like you said, I was always kind of like serious. I've always liked to work hard. And I was like, man, like I, 
I liked I liked putting a lot of effort into it, and I was serious about what I was doing, and uh, and I was still having fun at the same time. And when I did get like to that level where I was like winning more and doing that kind of stuff, I was like, oh wow, like I can really move up in the sport and just kind of progress. And that's kind of what I think that's kind of was like getting me going. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's going to take us to that, that weekend MX 207. That, that was a verb race back then, right? It was. Yeah. I think that it was, was a Wes Williams. That was a West race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, um, you know, you're, you're out there and nobody up there really knows who you are yet. Right. No, like he, he was just this quiet kid and, and, and came there and, and just lit up everybody in, in every class. And, um, I, I talk a lot about, uh, the mental side of racing and you are, I use you as an example a lot with confidence and the mental side, because when you, when you, I watched you that weekend, get a taste of victory in a big way. Like you beat, who was on the one twenty five that you beat that, um, um, Justin uh, Rob Bell. Yes, I, yeah. I, I gotta remind Rob Bell when I see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so um, you beat Justin, and you're on an 85. And I remember, like, your bike was bone stock. Yeah. Like, and that not only bone stock, but that was your bike for practice and racing all yeah. year, isn't it? The same thing. Yeah, practice and race. Yeah. yeah. All year. Yeah. 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 And and you you went out there and you just you just rode the that thing i i think you just taped it wide open i don't know if the throttle was broken or but you just put duct tape on and held it wide open everywhere (laughs) much everywhere yeah um so mx207 is up in maine and we were all there uh it was it was a really fun race series of verb verb did west did that that whole uh race up there but it's a sandy track uh it's 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 high speed at times uh it's got its tight parts at times it's slick underneath there i remember that you know what i mean yeah Yeah. it's like stand on top and a rock down below you know what i mean deceiving yeah 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 so but um you 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 kind of did your thing there and i i just noticed right then like you started to believe in seth like you really actually start is that is that accurate and can you talk about that at all yeah no i think that's accurate um and that was kind of like a that was a big deal to me too. Like you said, it was a verb race and all those guys were there and like I, I rode really well and I got a lot of exposure out of that. And I think I, I think that meant a lot to me. And when I did win those races, it was like, man, like I can do this. And I was um, mentally, I think it boosted my confidence and just, I think that weekend alone it was confidence boosting and just, in the future after that race, it was definitely just, I had a little bit more confidence in my riding and um, I think it elevated my next, me to my next level a little bit better. Yeah, it was a definitely a, a mental jump for you. And then I, and then like, I remember the following week, like everybody, like I caught on to this thing and we all started going on social media, like, Hey, give this kid a ride. This kid, I yeah. mean, it went, it went like crazy. Like everybody was like, give Hammocker a ride and give yeah. him- how long did it take before somebody called you after that weekend, man? It was gnarly. So, um, after that weekend, um, I actually went, so that was my last year on 85s. And then I went to super minis next year and actually, um, beeline and Joe Beck. And that's kind of like, kind of what sprung up that. And then that's kind of what I did for that year. 
um, of 2016. And um, it took about, I would say, a full year because actually at that at that time the next year, um, I went to the, I went back to MX207 for the Verb Classic, and um, then went to Monster Cup like the week after, and then right after Monster Cup, that's when I got the ride with Cowie, and it was so it was about a year. It was pretty pretty cool though to see it all come together. Uh, and that's and that's what I want. I like I always want to send a little message to the the kids that are that are watching this and and listening. You know, like Seth came. You know, you, you you struggled monetarily with bikes. You know, I remember those days of everybody trying to help and and your and your family doing everything they can. This is an expensive sport to be able to do it, especially on an eighty five, and uh, yeah. just ripping through top ends and bikes and and doing everything you can. But you like. You never gave up because of money. You rode what you had and you did your best. Rode what you had, did your best. And and you worked your butt off. You worked and you were the other part is that you were very kind to everybody at the track. I always remember that about you, dude. Like you were always the nicest kid at the track, always very kind. And um and that means something to people, man. And and I hope the kids out there uh, get to hear stories like this of somebody that, you know, you just said that there were years that you made not, you didn't even make it to Loretta's on a 65, you know, yeah. then you get on an 85 and you start spanking everybody and yeah. then you keep working at it and you get a little bit of help to get you good bikes, you know, <clears throat> like beeline and you, you get some support to get you out there and that gets you at the track with a bike that, that can get you much closer. Right. And oh, then, um, for sure. Yeah. But none of that would have happened if you gave up at all, if nope. you didn't believe in yourself. And that's the part that like is really cool with your story is that you, you never gave up no matter how tight money was. And it's like, like talk about that money. Like that was, that was tough time for you. Like I remember talking to you guys about that at NMX 207. Like this is hard. You know what I mean? Talk yeah. about coming up and, and not having the best of everything. Yeah. So like you said, like my parents, like, it's not like we had a lot of money. It was like, it was what I had. That's what, that's what I was thankful for. And that's what I made the best of all the time. And I had, I had some support from, you know, family and friends like 230 Cafe and Shelby Wrights. You know, they did a lot for me. I actually rode his son's bike when my bike was broken or as a practice bike and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> you guys helped me out and just a bunch of people kind of came together and it was because my parents couldn't do it on their own you know it's tough it's not a cheap sport like you said and um but I feel like that made me work really hard because I didn't want I knew it was tough for my parents like it was I know they didn't really mind but it was still like in the back of my head I was like man like they're spending a lot of money on me and I really love to do this but I really need to make sure I put all my effort into this and um don't don't just go out there and um, do it, do it to where it's not. Um, you, you didn't know, take anything for granted. That That's exactly right. Yeah. And I knew that and that's what kind of made me work hard. Um, never gave up. That's for sure. And I feel like that was the biggest thing for me and to see it, like I knew all the people that were helping me out and I wanted to, you know, make them, not feel like it wasn't for nothing and you guys like you got to understand like there's that's not every kid out there like there's a lot of kids out there that take all that stuff for granted and they don't even consider 
how hard people or parents are working for them. And you did. And I love that you just said that 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 was a drive for you. You pushed harder because you knew that they were doing everything they could for you. Like, man, you you know just as well as I do, Seth. There's kids out there that don't give a crap of what their parents are doing from how much they're putting in. There's bikes yeah. galore out there and they, they don't give a crap. And, um, but yeah, and the, that that's very true. And the other thing is, is like, as, as long as you keep working hard and like being kind to people and like doing what you got to do, like people, even though you may not think people are seeing that, like they really do. And like, like even when I was at the track, like I think people were seeing that, like I was, respectful off the track and I was fast on the track which like I think it's a good mix like you can't you can't have a bad attitude and people aren't going to like that I feel like I feel like it's really important to uh to just have a good mix and people people will notice it whether whether it may it you may not seem like they do but they really do well you know just like anything else you know I lived my life being not a good person for a long time you know people you think a lot of people like the bad guy. And, and I believed that for a long time. And, you know, right. the bad guys get attention. You know, there's, we, we, we know that, you know, J-Law has a heck of a following. You know, did some crazy, <laughs> crazy stuff at times and, and played out that bad boy role. You know what I mean? But if you noticed, if you noticed that doesn't last, that's not sustainable. Like what you're doing is sustainable. It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's the dungy way, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and I, and I'm sure that's a guy that you, you look to, to, to keep doing what you're doing. No. Um, so I, I want to then like kind of go through the next, you go, you go that 2016 with beeline and you're riding with them and you get the ride and, uh, talk about that. Like, so what, what happens next? You know, talk about that, that call from Mitch Payton. Like what, what, what is that like for a kid that was, that didn't make it to Loretta's at times and now Mitch Payton's calling. Yeah. Um, okay. So in, at, in 2016 at Loretta's on the super mini, I won, the super mini one title and got second in um, super mini two. And after that, like there was some talks, like nothing like set in stone. Like there, we were like, all right, we're probably going to get something like we were pretty pumped. So we went home like, and then like the next three weeks, it was like nothing. It was like, it was kind of like, you know, got to me. I was like, man, like this kind of sucks. Didn't hear anything from anyone. And so then I went to monster cup did really well there and right after I got back from Monster Cup that like next Monday or Tuesday that's when I got the call and uh I mean it it was a huge relief man it was one of the best memories that I can think of in my career so far and uh just for me like my family everyone that was around you know that you know kind of was in my um just it was so awesome to hear that and kind of take take the weight off my shoulders and yeah. Um, so then after that, it was kind of um, jump up to the 250s right away because I was that was my last year on Super Minis. I was getting taller. And um, and then that year went pretty well. Like it was my first year with Kawasaki. And, um, you know, it was kind of a learning year for me, just kind of moving up to the 250s. It was much harder than I thought. I mean, I thought it was going to be a little bit easier, but four stroke and stuff, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit tough. And, yeah. uh, Got through it though. I mean, I did pretty well, and then um, yeah, I just had a one-year deal at first, and then ended up signing. You know, a good. I remember that, dude. I remember talking to you. I think at Daytona that year, where you were like, you That's were right. still, the whole time. Like you talk about being on that edge about, man, are they gonna call? And then I remember seeing you after you got the deal, and you're like, dude, I, 
I have a one year deal. Like I, I got to perform. Yeah. yeah. I got to yeah. go. And I remember talking to you a couple of times that year because I was around, we were around each other a lot and, and yeah. you still had that, that pressure, but you handled it, man. Like you, yeah. you did, you did exactly the same thing. You said, I'm going to go do my best and, and I'm going to work harder than everybody else. And you have, yeah. and uh, you were training down in Florida then, and you were, you were doing your thing. But when do you think it, when do you think it like really, really came together? Like when did it really click? I think, <clears throat> I think right after that year. So right after my B class year, I moved up to the A class and um, I actually, I actually had I just signed another one year deal. So it was kind of <laughs> like, man, I just went through that. Talked about it. I was like, man, that was a lot of pressure. And it was kind of the same thing. But I think the one-year deals aren't such a bad thing if you're not injured because you are, you know that there's you got to fight for something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think that that my first year in A class, I was like, that's kind of like where, all right, this is your last year as an amateur, and go out with the bank and kind of prove that this is like, you know, you got to get a ride for the pros because at this point it's like, you're on Kawasaki's amateur program. Yeah. And you're working to get towards Mitch Payton's, you know, 250 program. And not everyone, you know, even though I was on the amateur program, it's not like I was guaranteed a spot with them. And uh, that year, I think I worked really hard to, because I knew what was, what I could achieve. And it was 2017, right? Um, 18. 18. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 2018 was my first A year. And then, uh, like I said, I just knew what was at stake and I just kind of put my head down, just worked hard. And, um, luckily I, you know, was lucky. Luckily I didn't have any injuries that year and it was a successful year for me. I did well at the amateur nationals and Loretta's. Um, and then fortunate enough after Loretta's that year, I got a contract for, um, the pros with Mitch and Kawasaki. So. Yeah. So that, that takes you to <clears throat> this past year at Loretta's. Yep. Talk about that, man. Talk about this past year. Cause there's, there's some pain there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, yeah. There's so, some, a bunch of adversity that I want you to talk about here. Uh, just to, to let everybody know, even that the next level of, of how you handled all this injuries, you know, yeah. so a, a tough year at Loretta's talk about that, man. It was super tough. So, um, unfortunately, Miss Loretta's 2019 last year at be because of injuries. I had um, two shoulder injuries, and that was really tough on me. Just mentally, I was like, just kind of down, you know, about not racing. And you see everyone else that you see your competitors racing, and it's hard not to like look at social media or watch. You know, they have live stream now. It's like you can watch so easy. So it's like <laughs> hard not to get your mind into it. Yeah. Even when you're like, it's just painful to watch and when you're not there. So I think it was something for me to learn for sure. I definitely took a step back and was like, you know, I, I knew, I knew at that point, like how much I loved racing because man, it was killing me like being on the side. Like it was just kind of like reminded me of how much I love racing, hard work, you know? And um, so yeah, you, you did, you had, you had double shoulder surgery. Correct. Yeah. So what was the surgery? It was basically, I kept on popping my shoulders out mm -hmm. and 
they were so loose they would just come out like at any like little fall or anything and they went in there and um tightened everything all the muscles and ligaments up in there and um just so, to prevent that from you know popping out and having that problem again dude that's serious i i've had four sh- shoulder surgeries man and i they horrible, aren't they bro <laughs> it, it was and the, the thing was it was it wasn't like any like bone injury because those are almost better because it's like they heal then you're good this was i was 6 months off the bike and i was like it was kind of frustrating because it was like, man, it's not even that big of a deal, but it was. And I guess, you know, it just took a lot of time to heal. And then the recovery process and physical therapy, it was a lot, but I'm glad, glad I glad I'm glad I got it fixed or else I would have kept having the problems. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now's the time, dude. Now's the time for sure. As hard of a worker as you are and you're too intense. You, you'll, <laughs> you'll be riding out there with two uh, dislocated shoulders or something. <laughs> Yeah, so you you you're you're injured, and and when when did you and, and Ricky come to the deal of, of training down at the Go Farm, man? Um, so about two years ago, um, after actually after I signed my pro deal, I um, it was funny because before I signed the pro deal, like after 2018, I wasn't really training anywhere specific. I was kind of riding at my house still. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because. I mean, I just have a little turn track, but it, it always had worked for me, you know, in the past. And um, I think once I got to that next level, I, I realized that I needed something to uh, to kind of move me to the next level, to the pro level. And, um, you know, I thought the farm would be a good place. Mitch, you know, definitely likes me being out here because Ricky, you know, they get along really well. And Jeannie, Ricky's mom, they – they get along and is Jeannie still training? Yeah. She's out there every day with us. Dude. So, that is yeah. awesome. I did a, I did a Daytona school in 2010 and she was beast. She was out there every day, man. She's like, working that front break. Like all she cared about <laughs> is you rail that front break into a corner and rip that <laughs> bike down. That was her thing, dude. She's still doing that. Oh, still doing that. Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> yeah we were working sections today it was fun but uh she's really she's a very good trainer dude she's a very good coach like yeah yeah that's that is the coolest like you got the you got the guy that changed the game with work like ricky's the guy that changed the game with training for sure yeah i i i I believe you're the hardest working uh person that i've seen in the last couple years so it's got to be a good fit i mean he's the greatest of all time but he's also the hardest worker i think of all time to change the game so like I, I see, he's also gotten in some shape here. I don't know if he, if you if you've in, have you were you making fun of him or something that, that he started losing weight or what is it? No, I think uh, it was it, that's funny because he 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 weighs as much as I do now. Like no way. Yes, I'm 160, and he's it was funny, yeah, because he's like right around 160 right now. So I was like, dude, that's crazy. He was like 320 at one point or something. He was big, man. And he, and yeah. he took some time off, but you know, he was probably so hardcore for so long. You know what I mean? He just wanted to take a break from and eat a damn cheeseburger. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You go training with you guys. Does he ride with you? Uh, some, he doesn't ride very often. Like sometimes, most of the times when he comes out, he, uh, you know, we just work technique with them and do that kind of stuff. But sometimes he'll hop on the bike and ride with us, and he can still shred. So, dude, it's um, crazy, isn't it? Yeah, like it's it's crazy because like we, like you said, he worked so hard for so long, and then I think it was like that kind of break that he wanted, 
yeah. and now even like even now we go on road bike rides and mountain bike rides with them and he's gnarly like he he will just he's still a grinder you know it's really? not, yeah he's still uh still works very hard and I, I think it's i think it's for his own you know for him so. yeah of course of course you got to be healthy man that's that's really cool so so tell us the plan you know like i i know you know daytona talk about daytona how was daytona for you for you this year buddy it was good um I came out with one championship. The other one had a wreck, but still came back pretty well. And overall, I rode good. It was my first race back since, like, my shoulder injuries and stuff, which was, you know, a relief to be back at the races, and it went really well. So, uh, and then, unfortunately, it kind of spring nationals got cut short because of coronavirus. But Yeah, I bet you're chomping at the bit, buddy. You love the race, man. You yeah. want to be on that gate. That's for sure. <laughs> how much are you riding every week? How, what, how many how many days a week do you get to ride? We ride four days a week, so we do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. That's normal normal schedule. So very cool, very yeah. cool. It's a blessing that you're down there and you're able to do that through this whole thing, man, and keep grinding. Yeah, that was the thing. It was pretty cool. Like right after Daytona, um, all this stuff happened, and then. I was like, man, I don't know if I should go home, but like, I was like, if I go home, I'm not really going to have anything to do. You can't do anything. Right. And so I was like, all right, I'll just come back, come back down here. And, um, luckily we were able to still keep doing our stuff. Like the gyms were closed, but we were still able to do our cycles and do Dude, all that. It snowed here last week. Do you know that it snowed here? So be Dude. thankful you're down there. Dude, it, this week it started warming up. It's like nineties now. It's uh, uh, Florida, that's awesome. so, uh, nice. But yeah, it's, it was good. So we've, we've been able to ride and I'm thankful for that. So things are going to start opening up here. Right. You know, I'm hoping racing gets back on and it's going to, we got the, we got the super regional coming up. Like that's going to be a lot of pressure. You're I'm sure you're going to be ready as always. Um, so, but the, 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 the big plan, everybody knows the big plan for Seth is that you're going to, you're going to go win every title six for six. I know you are at Loretta's. I'm calling it now. And I know you wouldn't do that, but I'm going to do that for you. You're going six for six at Loretta's and then you're going right to uh, what, what will it be then right after Loretta's it will it be high point or Dylan. I don't even know what the first race is going to be, but you're going to go pro right after Loretta's right. Yeah, so right after Loretta's, that's the plan. Jump right into the the rest of the pros, the pro nationals, that whatever they may be. But that's for sure the plan. I'm I can't wait for that. That's you know what I work so hard for to get to get to that point. So. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see your first race out there. That that's going to be special for everybody that's gotten to that's gotten the opportunity, the amazing opportunity to watch you come through the ranks and work so hard. Um, you know, so pain to purpose. The pain was definitely your pain through through getting here the journey the biggest pain what's the what was the biggest pain to get to like where the story is now if you look back at your life from four years old and not wanting to take off that gate to now what was the biggest hurdle the toughest part to, to get to to the pro ranks and have a factory ride yeah I feel like I feel like the probably the biggest pain was just like the like I feel like when I was doing well and you're working hard, getting good results, but nothing's really like a ride wasn't coming out of it or nothing was really happening. It really kind of was hurtful that nothing, nothing really backed it up or anything like that for the long, for a long time. Yeah. And 
not not that it was a bad thing like now I look back and it was like oh it wasn't anything that hurt me now but like it was it was tough like you know kind of like the doubt that Mm -hmm. other people had maybe or the teams or anything like that and that was kind of like man am I am I working hard enough am I doing what they want or what do I have to do to get to that level so that they that they want the opportunity to give me a ride so yeah talking to Justin he was the first guy we started this a a month or two ago or whatever it is Justin Justin said almost the same thing to me he was you know because he had a lot of the same things he he had this expectation of going pro with the first ride and then he gets you know we go to Loretta's and he gets run over in the first turn yeah breaks his wrist and and pegged to the head and and it was like devastating like he thought at times he thought like am I going to get a ride am I going to get another opportunity besides cycle trader at a ride with with anybody so so that was a correlation there like but the but you guys do the exact same thing yeah you two have so much in common dude like grind you just kept your head up you kept looking forward you didn't look back and you just said all right I'm just gonna go I'm gonna do my best I'm gonna give it hell I'm gonna I'm just gonna do what what I know how to do and that's work really really hard and outwork everybody and that's what I love man yeah like you said I think we do we do have that in common because like we're we're kind of like a little like late bloomers a little bit and I think I think that help is helping us now and like we realize what hard work is and what it takes to be we we never had all all of that support or factory ride since we were on 80s or whatever and and I think that it really does show like you know the people who want to work hard and I'm thankful for that now for sure so I got to ask you a question then since you're talking about Coop is are you gonna you gonna smoke him that that first pro race or what's up uh that's the plan (laughs) (laughs) I love it man I can't wait uh, <laughs> I love it, Brady. That's awesome. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's obviously the plan for sure. And uh, I respect him though. He's he, he's impressive. Like he impressed me. Like you know his whole pro career so far. Like he really, he was one of those rookies that went in there and was doing well right away. So I look up to that for sure. I'm confident you're going to be the same dude, man. You got it, and you're going to yeah. You're gonna I think so too. Thanks. Yeah. So. Last question I ask everybody before we uh, before we set you free here is, uh, what's your definition of success, buddy? What what is your definition of success? My definition of success would be um, setting a goal and working to achieve that success through the hard work and the sacrifice and um, just all the all the hard work that it takes to get there, and then achieving that through mm-hmm. just everything that um that it takes and so um, recognizing the journey you're talking about like yeah. recognizing the journey yeah that's um that that's what i would have to say for sure awesome man well i'm not going to take any more of your time i like to keep the guys talking to 45 minutes you did a great job dude and i'm i'm really thankful you know i i knew seth that this when i reached out to him you know there's guys that that don't want to come on certain things but he was like heck yeah i'd, I'd love you. And, I, and i appreciate you for that man i i um i'm thankful to have you on here and i and i i wish you the best and all you kids out there uh this is the this is the guy to look up to this is the guy to follow in the sport and um just just keep teaching these kids. All right, Seth? That's the plan for sure. I uh definitely looking forward to it and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. All right. Take hey guys. Care. Later. Later. <clears throat>
so yeah um that's always like a a weird part there when i have to you, do you say bye like 25 times on on the video <laughs> see you later all right bye-bye take care all right see you later dude all right get out go <laughs> but yeah you know he's uh he was a great story uh he, he told it well and i and i love the definition of definition of success for him man it's uh it's recognizing recognizing that journey and recognizing the fact that you didn't give up in it and, and just setting a goal. I love that setting a goal and going for it and never giving up. So, um, you know, uh, I, I'm thankful to have him on here. I hope you all, uh, I hope you all enjoyed his part of the show. I just want to say hi to everybody. Jerry, what's up? Jackie, Neil. Hello, Janet, Tony. What's up, buddy? Danielle, George. Hello. 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 Uh, let's see who else is on here saying, saying hi, saying hi, Ronnie Baker. What's up, Jason? Shoot. What's up, Bobby McComb. How you doing, buddy? <clears throat> uh, who else are we on here? Thank you all. Lori Stolzfus. What's up? Thank you all for, uh, for tuning in here and, uh, just, just listen to this story. I hope you pat like, this is really for the moto world. But it's to, it's to hear a good story. It's to hear about success, not just to hear about, you know, it's easy to see these guys out there with the best bikes, the greatest bikes. He's got Mitch Payton building his bikes. But what he went through to get there was serious. Like, I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was, it was amazing to watch that story, and he never gave up. And I, and I hope these kids follow in his footsteps. He took nothing for granted. He said it. He, like, he recognized what everybody was doing for him. That was the big statement for me. I recognized that everybody was in my corner, no matter how much somebody gave him or helped him, whether it was with, if it was for a set of graphics or buying him a bike, that was motivation for him. What are we playing? And that's, and that's, um, that's the important part is that, is that we, uh, we recognize those people that are in our corner. Cause I, uh, I, I have to start my every day with gratitude. And, and it sounds like that's what he did every day. We have a reason to be grateful and he, and he has so many reasons to be thankful. So uh, I hope everybody follows Seth and they tune in for our next week, Brock Schmalian, right? Brock Schmalian, next Friday. The Friday after that, Michael Essie. A lot of good dudes on this uh, in these next couple weeks. Brock had the, the largest crash in the history of motocross. We're going to talk about that. He broke 73 bones. In it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he bought it. He was like, whoa. All right. I love y'all. Have a great weekend. Seth, thank you. Peace.